0: Hey, everyone. It's Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and I am here today with my longtime friend, Sean Steiner. Hey, Sean, how are you?
1: I'm good, Brian. Thank you.
0: Yeah, good, good. Then I think we're both having some pretty wintry weather, Uh, me in Denver and you in Salt Lake City.
1: It's one of those days, that's for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: so good, good, good foot of snow this morning.
0: Yes, yesterday in Denver it was beautiful, sunny, and 75 degrees, and today it's the middle of winter.
1: I, I yeah. I, yesterday I was on the grill uh, doing steaks for the Super Bowl outside, and uh, today <laughs> not so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was. I was at my cabin chopping wood in my shirt sleeves, and it was even nice up in the mountains yesterday. So, so Sean, why don't, why don't you give us a little bit about, about your background?
1: Uh, well, I've you know I, uh, been at this for a little while. I've been with Kone now for 22 years, almost to the day. Give it another couple of weeks, and it'll be to the day. Uh, but I come at it from uh, an engineer's perspective. I, uh, my education is in uh, civil engineering with an emphasis in geotechnical engineering. Uh, I've got my both uh, bachelor's and master's degrees from Utah State University back in the 90s. And then uh, here recently, in the last few years, I just finished up an MBA program with the University of Utah. And that was very rewarding and uh, a, a great experience. It helps bring some of that business perspective that you don't get in a traditional engineering education.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: good, I good for you. So, good for you. So that was uh, it. Was yeah, it was very, very rewarding. And loved every. Well, I, in hindsight, I can say I loved every minute of it. But, uh, <laughs> so, but it really was a, a great experience and met many, many. Great people, you know, outside of our traditional norm that we typically deal with, uh, you know, and in, in an engineering perspective and a, and a business perspective that we, you know, usually find ourselves in. So, but uh, no, it, it, it's been great. And like I said, I've been with Cone Tech for 22 years. Uh, started out as an a, uh, operator, uh, running a CPT rig. That's what I was originally hired for, and i have worked my way up uh, until now. They I have the title of Western U.S. Manager, and I'm all, have the responsibility for our three Western U.S. offices: uh,
0: hmm.
1: uh, the one here in Salt Lake, our uh, an office in uh, Northern California, our San Leandro office, and then our fairly re- uh, recently opened uh, Seattle office that we opened up about a year year and a half ago.
0: Oh, okay, okay. What what type of projects does contact use? What what is the Bread and butter for Comtech.
1: Well, we we have a it depends on the office. We are very regional in what we do in every one of our offices. Uh, We've now expanded to 20 offices worldwide. Probably the largest emphasis of what we do is in the mining industry. Um, uh, We do a lot of work in the oil sands in northern Alberta, that's probably one of our biggest sectors. Uh, You know, our office here in Salt Lake that I've been traditionally associated with my entire time is uh, heavy in the mining industry. Uh, But we do a lot of traditional infrastructure, commercial development and that sort of stuff. I mean, everything we do is site investigation. With an emphasis in CPT testing, uh, but we also do you know more traditional drilling. We do geophysics. Uh, you know, it's it, the whole thing is you know site investigation. Uh, east Coast offices, you know, there's very little mining on the east coast, so they are they don't do much mining industry. That's they're, they're much more commercial development and infrastructure. Uh, Our overseas the offices, uh, they are, are mining a lot of them, uh, but you know wherever we can. Work and where we can, you know, be, be productive and provide a, a value. That's where we try and, you know, put ourselves in place for working at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do, do you know? Do you recall offhand what year Cone Tech was established? Uh,
1: 1985. It 85. Started with da- yeah. Started with David Weller in 1985 in Vancouver, British Columbia. And, uh, you know, uh, doing various things. I give David credit for uh, having a lot of forethought and understanding of the business. He he also came from an engineering background. He was working in consulting as a young engineer, uh, decided to go back and get a master's degree at the University of British Columbia. And during one of those master's uh, classes, he took a class from uh, Peter Robertson and Dick Campanella and part of yeah. that, what they called their in situ group at, at yeah. UBC back then. And David was like, wow, you know how many times I could have used this technology? Not, you know, they, and they emphasized on CPT testing, but lots of other things too, you know, dilatometers and pressure meters and, you know, everything else. And, uh, you know, he he thought to himself, you know, if I could have used this, somebody else surely could have used this. And so, uh, he started talking with uh, Dr. Campanella and Dr. Robertson and saying, hey, you know, who does this? <laughs> At the time, no one really did it in North America. It was primarily a European technology, yeah. and uh, so, you know, they said, well, you know, there's not really anybody in North America, so he started kind of thinking, and then he, uh, you know, went back to them and said, hey, you know, can you buy this equipment? And they're like, well, yeah, you have to get it out of Europe, though. Mm-hmm so at that time it was Hogan Togler was really the only retailer for CPT equipment. And eventually he, uh, you know, got a catalog and, uh, bought some gear, borrowed some money, uh, got some investors and, uh, bought equipment and started pushing cones off the back of drill rigs. Shortly after that, I started building dedicated CPT rigs and, you know, from one man in 1985 to over 300 people now in 2020 and, uh, you know, it's been a, and I've been fortunate enough to be here since 1998. Um, it's been a, a great ride. When I first started, I think there were 20 some odd people in the company, so hmm. I've been very blessed and fortunate to see the growth that's gone on over my tenure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's
0: great. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Peter Robertson, so I studied under him at the University of Alberta. Uh, just like mm-hmm. you, I, I was a non-traditional student when I went and got my master's degree. Um, and it was it was also an incredibly rewarding experience to me although when I was going through the program it was also exhausting um, had a lot of sleep deprivation from all the school activities sure <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of one of those things you're just really happy that you survived but it's also one of the highlights of your entire career right
1: sure yeah bet. And then, you know and, then, you, know, and then you make those lasting relationships, uh, you know, and friendships
0: yes, and, uh, yes. that
1: are great. And, uh, you know, those are the things that make it the most rewarding, probably.
0: So in your MBA program, can you name one class that you found to be your favorite or the most helpful?
1: Um, probably my favorite was the finance class. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. We had a great professor, I think that can be said for any of my, uh, you know, even probably even way back even to the elementary school, you know, your, your favorite classes are the ones you have, your favorite teachers, people that are engaged, people who care about you. It makes all the difference in the world. And coming from a family of educators, you know, my mother, my grandfather, aunts and uncles, many educators in my family, extended family, uh, you know education was very important and the value of having a good instructor was, was Was you know, was just it's innumerable makes it makes a total difference in a person's life
0: mm. Yes, yes, and uh I, I can say all those things of Peter Robertson his style of teaching uh, was very effective and impactful and I uh, I just really enjoyed taking classes from him and also from Nordic Morgenstern. He was a, a, an incredible well, teacher. Yeah.
1: One of the masters on the business. Yeah. For
0: sure. Yeah. One of the giants, two of the giants. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean, uh, what, um, you mentioned cone testing and that's got to be kind of central in everything that you offer. Is there anything new coming up on that type of technology?
1: Uh, well, there's there's lots of things. I guess as, as a technology in general for CPT testing, there's not a lot uh, that I'm aware of. We are they are trying to go through a big revision as far as ASTM goes right now and get some uh, revisions. And you know, going through that, we have a couple people within Comtech that are uh, uh, involved in that uh, ASTM committee that is coming up for renewal again. And so there's trying to be some clarification and some different things that are going on with that. I mean, the technology itself has changed over the years, you think from the original, the old subtraction cones, or even the old yeah. mechanical cones, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, you know, changes go, most of the changes that are happening are happening with how cones are built, uh, the level of accuracy that are in there, the different tools that you can add onto the cones. I mean, CBT testing still has the fundamental readings of tip sleeve and pore pressure. uh, That will always be there. It's the other stuff that you can have that you can add on top of that, that can be, you know, beneficial. And we're always looking at coming up with different tools and techniques and evaluating and seeing what we can do to uh, come up with different things. You know, technology changes, you know, are things that you know have been that we've always experimented with that are always tried you know it keeps masters and phd students busy <laughs> right, like right universities across the world yeah. but uh and some of them pan out and work and some of them don't and i guess if you don't try you'll never know and uh, so it but you know it's like i said the fundamentals are always there it's always trying to get more reliable um they're always trying to push deeper trying to do different things uh you know come up with different tools and techniques that'll, that'll work with them you know so you know that's cpt testing a little bit it's and and the nice thing about cpt testing is that it's a, it's acceptance in the engineering community uh in my tenure you know before coming to cone Tech, i worked five years in a consulting firm uh, as a geotechnical engineer and sadly i didn't even know what cpt testing was at that point uh, yeah, I worked, yeah. I, I worked in wyoming Uh, The geology is such in Wyoming that, you know, unless you're in the mining industry, you really don't know anything about CPT testing. You're just, you're not you know going to be able to push a lot of cones in most places in that geology. Um, And so it just wasn't there. And, you know, you look at the different things that are out there today, you know, everyone loves to have drill and sample and do SBT sampling. And SBT sampling is very commonplace. It's uniform, but it's also a test that, is in my mind is misused a lot. It's sometimes become a little too commonplace. Uh, and it's a test essentially that hasn't changed since, like, I think the 1930s. It's, it's still fundamentally the same test that it's always yeah, been.
0: Yeah, the only thing that's really different is the energy um, measurement.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you can do that, but very few people actually do energy measurements. Is the hard part. So
0: true, very true.
1: And uh, so they make assumptions and do different things. And you know, one of the things because we do, uh, you know, energy calibrations for hammers. And one of the things I didn't appreciate until we actually started doing more is the energy is not uniform and unique to a particular hammer. Uh, it's not just yeah. it, that hammer is not always eighty percent or whatever the magic number yeah. is. It's it varies but from site to site. It varies from depth. It could vary from borehole. You know, different. You know, it's different in clays than it is in sands, and what it is in gravels. And so, you know, it it's uh, you you know you have to use it as it was intended, and not you too. You know, have to be careful with it. And, uh, you know, see its value and also see its uh, limitations.
0: Yeah, that that's right. And and just in layman's terms, it would be like if I was trying to drive a spike into the ground as compared to driving a spike into a tree trunk. The transfer of energy is just vastly different. Sure. And that's yeah, the that's is. the yeah. same thing you were talking about with the uh, different materials. That The the energy gets transferred differently, and so the calibration isn't the same for just hammer X.
1: Yep, yeah, right. And that's where I see it misused most of the time. Yeah. And, it... but, and, and like I said, and there's a, I don't want to say a, a fudge factor or whatever you want to put in that stuff. But, it, you know, use it how it's intended. Don't misuse it. You know, uh, I sadly I can think back to some of the jobs I did as a young engineer, young engineer fresh out of university. You know, you, Peck Hansen and Thornburn have a, uh, a graph or a chart. In that you know, classic uh, slow mechanics textbook, and people take that graph and chart and treat it like you know the gospel. And this is exactly what it is, and I can make designs exactly off of these numbers. Oh, and yeah. that was never the intention, right. you know. Right. So,
0: hmm. Hmm. well, Sean, is there any is there any memorable project where it felt to you like Kone Tech really came to the rescue of their client?
1: um well there's lots of great projects where we've done that over the years uh, I think my very first one was on my very first day with Kone Tech. Hmm. Uh I uh, it was quite an eye-opener I remember walking in on my first day of the job and uh, I you know I walked in and coming from a consulting background I came in, in and pair of slacks and a button-up shirt and I walked in the door, and you know the manager at that time looked at me and says, "I hope you brought work clothes."
0: <laughs> <And> so <laughs>
1: I said, "Yeah, they are out in the car." <laughs> he says, well, go change because you're going out to Kennecott." <laughs> uh, and so, uh, and and Kennecott at that time had it had a situation that uh, where they were dealing with an emergency situation at that time, and so it was all hands on deck uh so i went out there and pushed my first hole we got exposure to different things i would never really been around the mining industry at that point there were so many different things going on we were you know at that point we were running three different rigs i think you know at least close to 24 hours a day um trying to get the information needed to deal with the situation at the mine at that time and uh, you know it, it was great and you know i spent i think the next three months uh, we, you know, abated the emergency and did a whole bunch of follow-up work at that time and uh, learned a lot of different things, and it was great. And, uh, you know, that can be said for lots of different projects. We've, we've done that for different clients where there's been emergencies people have been involved in. And, uh, you know, I think some of the most rewarding stuff is is the relationships that we have with our clients, both from the consulting industry and also from the mining industry. Uh, the amount of trust and faith they put in us, and the, the effort that we try and put in to maintain that trust and that faith, uh, and working hard, hiring good people, you know, trying to create a company culture that keeps people coming back and looking to Comtech as being, you know, one of the leaders in the industry and in what we do and what we try to accomplish.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, and I've used Comtech and other, other, uh, in situ testing contractors like when i lived in south africa mm-hmm. and so i've, I've used contact i don't know dozens of times yep. uh, yeah at least and and <laughs> yeah and th- there's two different main categories i would put those site investigations into one is kind of a to kind of a wellness check just seeing if everything's working the way it's supposed to, and the, the design parameters are being uh, met. And and the other one is something is going wrong, and you need to try to figure out how to remedy the situation. And the the first one is a lot more common, uh, but there there is a lot of times when the in situ testing has been used to avoid uh whatever you want to call it an unwanted event
1: so yeah yeah and and it's and it's not just mining you know we've had that opportunity on large infrastructure projects Uh, i mean what opened our office here in the salt lake area way back when was the rebuild of uh, uh, I-15 prior to the uh, 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 Winter Olympics coming yeah. to Salt Lake City back in huh. 2002. Hmm. Uh, but they, they rebuilt uh, a large, you know, I think it was 21-mile stretch or something like that of highway and at the time it was the largest design build project the federal highway administration had ever let out of course you know since then it's been crushed but mm-hmm. back then in the late 90s that was the biggest they'd ever done and uh, it's really become kind of the norm i think for a lot of uh, uh, large highway projects that have done that now and you know that i-15 project was one of the originals and we were blessed enough to be involved in that and uh, and they you know, give credit to the guys who were on that design team and the requirements for UDOT and what have you, understanding the need for CPT testing and understanding their geology and the value that it could bring. And, uh, you know, they were essentially leapfrogging holes for every borehole they did a CPT hole all hmm. the way through that uh, project. Wow. And I don't know how many hundreds of holes we did over the space of about three years. Yeah. Project.
0: Right. Right. Huh. Well, Sean, is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners?
1: Uh, I I don't know, Brian. <laughs> it's it's kind of <laughs> tough. It, I, you know, I, it's, you know, uh, given your nature and background, you know, I think a lot of the your listeners have been involved in the mining industry for a long time. Uh, you know, it's where you and I have worked together for over the years. And it's it's been great, uh, you know, my involvement and, you know, like I said, I've been here for 22 years you know i hope to be here for another 22 years maybe uh, uh but it, it is rewarding and the good people we work with in the industry and the fun that we have and the projects we get involved in are are, are, are great and so i thank you for the opportunity to talk and uh you know the opportunity to work together for all these years
0: yeah know it's been uh, my pleasure to host you and also to have you as a uh, industry connection and uh no it's, it's always been uh, very positive service that you've provided so so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you another question that I'm asking all of my guests now mm-hmm. and that that is what do you think about space mining whether it's the moon or the asteroids or I- anywhere that's not terrestrial?
1: Uh, well I think it's down the road a ways though uh, Paul Maine, one of the great proponents of CPT testing will point out that, uh, that one of the the probes that they have already landed on mars has a uh, cone penetrometer built into it already <laughs> to uh, try and get uh, data you know from subsurface investigations that they can at least push with that small probe and so i think it's inevitable uh, you know it's a tool that uh like i said it's it's commonplace now um, it's a tool that people see valuable and i think it will continue to be you know, the challenge, I think, with space mining is a lot of that is hard rock. So we'll have to figure out different ways to deal with things. But I in my mind, I think it's in, in, inevitable. I, I, it's where the you know, the the Elon Musk's and, the, you know, the SpaceX programs and the various things that have gone on are you know, are trying to capture and, you know, do the different thing and, you know, growing up, you know, being you know a big fan of the various star wars and star treks and those different things you know it it makes you think of what could come maybe one day and you know some of those people who were you know really quite visionary you know the gene roddenberries and the george yeah. lucases and yeah. the different things that you know if nothing else they inspired a lot of imagination and that's Makes a big difference in the
0: world. They they did, and some of the greatest minds in the world are working on the problem of space mining because there are some very valuable materials out there, and sooner or later, there's going to be an economically viable way to bring that back to Earth, sure. or or to or to use it from space for
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, other uh, activities.
1: Yeah, it's. It, it's fun as I look, you know. Now that I have a, you know, my first grandchild, and uh, you know, you wonder what's in store for, you know, the the, the kids of the future, you know, what what it's going to be like for them. It's, it puts things in a lot more perspective. And, uh, makes it kind of fun and exciting.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that that grandchild is going to see space mining sometime in its lifetime.
1: Yeah, so and it's, it's fun and hopefully you and I will be involved in some aspect of that before we're gone. <laughs>
0: that, that would be that would be great well Sean I, I, I think we can uh, sign off now but I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day especially in, you're, you're probably exhausted from moving snow all day
1: well so. my back's a little sore but I'm doing good so. oh
0: good good okay well Uh, Until I see you next time, uh, thanks again, Sean, and stay well.
1: You bet. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Goodbye now. Bye. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, Keep on rocking